0: Today, our topic about the reckless human activity and climate change in Western Himalayas. Uh, everyone saw what happened in Kumau, especially uh, in Nainital. So, on this issue, I am uh, joined by Professor A.P. Dimri, who's uh, who works in the School of Environmental Sciences, JNU. Uh, I'm also joined by Hidesh Joshi, journalist, author of Rage of River, environmental activist, uh, and uh, he has worked a lot in Uttarakhand. And I'm also joined by uh, Kavita Oparjai, a journalist, someone interested in the Himalayas, water dams, and uh, has studied water sciences uh, of the region and the issue of water. So I welcome uh, all of you. And let me uh, begin by asking this to Professor Dimri. Sir, how grave is the situation of climate change uh, coupled with man-made activities, especially in the region of Garhwal and Kumau? To you, sir.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me. The reason which we are focusing today, it's a very peculiar reason. We need to understand right from the origin of Himalaya, we have that kind of understanding, right? When the tectonics has evolved the Himalaya and 50 million years back and roughly 15 million years back, the Indian summer monsoon came into the existence and there is a physical weathering. That's what is the lower foothill of Himalaya, which is not tectonic mounted. Which is the uh, sediment mountain due to the scrapping of sediments from due to Indian summer monsoon from higher Himalayas. Now, point is this is a very neogenic Himalaya, is a very neogenic mountain, very fragile mountain, and primarily the orientation of Himalaya in con- with the existing weather patterns is like uh, uh, very very now interaction of Himalaya orography in the This is I'm commenting on the large scale. Now coming specifically to the event which you are likely to refer now is uh, mostly to do with the interaction of the precipitation due to the dancing uh, monsoon in the recent decades. If you look at the monsoonal behavior and leading precipitation over the regions, you will find not only over the Himalaya, But uh, even over other regions, like Kerala is raining right now, and Himalaya simultaneously, they are raining, which is distant apart. So the monsoon researcher are also very uh, curious that how this kind of precipitation is happening. Coming to the climate change and that kind of debate, if you are looking at that, all this thing is not uh, uh, peculiarly linked to the climate change. Of course, there is 1.5 degree warming. We are talking a few days afterwards, there is COP26. Maybe few people of you are more wiser than me on that issue. So that point of the climate change in particular, if you are relating from the disaster, I I have certain kind of reservation on that. But definitely we have seen it.
0: Professor Dimri, I think there's a there was a bit of a issue with your line. Uh, Once you are back, you know, uh, we'll take up this uh, issue with you. Hidesh, you have travelled a lot. You wrote on the Rage of River. Uh, Kavita. welcome. You have also joined. Uh, to, Hidesh, to you, what is the real issue? Man-made construction? Uh, dams? Uh, all, all coupled together. Hidesh.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know uh, if you can hear me clearly because uh, I'm getting your voice, uh, you know, um, um, crackled voice. But if you can hear me uh, clearly, then I would like to tell you I completely agree with the professor, uh, what he was saying. Uh, uh, Both me and your other panelists, especially, especially Kavita, I've been writing on environment and climate change. And we have been talking about the issue. We have been studying this issue. And we completely agree that the climate change is a reality. Uh, whoever is read the uh, 2018 report uh, sr6 uh, special report sr6 and the uh, recent report of uh, um, uh, ipcc uh, 6 minute report uh, he will know that not only climate change is happening but it is really uh, speeding very at a very high speed and we are heading towards a disaster but you know uh, getting behind hiding behind climate Everything which is happening due to uh, is is totally out of our hand because you know so much global warming is happening so much uh, you know uh, big emissions are there that we can't stop it now. Uh, in case of Uttarakhand, I would say it is more of a uh, kind of an administrative and municipal disaster. Uh, we have not done the things the way they should uh, be done and if someone wants to read about it uh, a, a, a website uh, where uh, Kavita wrote two very good stories I have tweeted them out also today in July and uh, I also contribute to that website. Uh, she had very clearly written in her stories that what we are doing to Sattal, Nainital and other, uh, other all the lake cities around uh, that will lead to some kind of disaster and what we have seen is uh, because we have approached that area, we have dumped all the debris and all the construction material in the, into the lake into the lake. And that's why we are, we are seeing this aggravated situation. If we have to fight with this, uh, we cannot, uh, uh, you know, ignore the kind of uh, things which are going wrong, be the urban um, uh, floods uh, we are seeing every year. And right now I'm in Uttar Pradesh. I'm watching uh, how Ganga floodplain is being encroached everywhere till uh, Bihar, Jharkhand, uh, everywhere. So this is something we will have to, the town planners and the other people will have to take care of. And definitely, um, uh, though climate change is a reality, but we will have to understand that we will have to work uh, and we will we will ha- also have to come out of the mindset that we can conquer the
0: nature. Okay. Okay. Uh, let me, uh, Hidesh, uh, you used the word, and uh, let me take this issue to Kavita. Let me take this issue to Kavita. Kavita, uh, Hidesh used the word administrative and municipal disaster uh, when it comes to Nanital, Saktal, and Deen Can you elaborate on it when he uses the word administrative and municipal disaster?
3: So uh, I would like to say that he's correct when he uses those terms because we can't dump everything onto climate change only. Yes, it is a reality. But there are ways, there is a term called disaster mitigation. There is a term because those things exist. There is a way to mitigate disasters. So, for example, when you know there is an alert that has been issued for heavy rainfall or very heavy rainfall, what do you do with your lakes? You have to keep the water level lower so that when rainfall happens, the lakes are in a situation to accommodate some rain, water. But what happened, for example, in Nainital, is that the lake was full to its maximum capacity. So, when there was a red alert already in place, why wasn't the lake empty to a certain uh, level? Rainwater could be accommodated in it. So, that's where that's what you would, you would call a municipal failure. Secondly, there are gates in Nenital, for example, there are gates to let out water from the lake, there are sluice gates in place. The gates were shut even after the lake had overflown. The gates were shut. So that's, that's where municipal disaster, the term, comes into place, that there could be measures on time to reduce the intensity or the impact of the disaster at least. And water could have been released beforehand to accommodate the rainwater that was about to come. So that didn't happen. Um, yes, yeah, so that's what I would say. Is where uh, municipal disaster comes into place. The term,
0: but then you know, if we if we if we talk about municipal administrative disaster, that is one part of it. But Kavita, you have also been writing uh, upon uh, on the issue of small changes being made, small development. Can you weave it into this issue of uh, uh, you know this man-made ecology eating into the the older ecology, which is the ecology of nature. Can you elaborate on that? And then I'll take this uh, issue to both Vish and Professor Dimri.
3: Kartika, I'm really sorry. I couldn't hear the first part of the question. I think the network in, in Naritaal is still really bad. So we'll have to repeat your okay. question again. I, I
0: was talking about this. The, there is an ecology, which is a natural ecology. What we have done in Garhwal and Kumaon is we have created an ecology. This is Anthropocene ecology mm-hmm. of bricks, of dams of buildings, there are small, small ecologies, urban ecologies, how are they affecting the environment of Kumau and Uttarakhand?
3: So how development has happened um, is that we think big structures or buildings, uh, if we see those in place or of a certain length and width, that is development. Having a certain kind of road, having a certain kind of building in place, uh, that looks, when we think of development, that's what we think of, having those things in place. Now, uh, that is what has happened. We've been following a very unsustainable way of development. The development that would work for a New Delhi does not work for a Himalayan region. The kind of buildings or roads that that would work for a New Delhi may not work in Uttarakhand, but we've been following a very New Delhi way of development or looking at development. And that's what we see, the proliferation of those projects, those buildings, the, the construction that is coming up, so that now has to change because now we see that this is becoming very unsustainable, looking at climate disasters in areas like Uttarakhand or other Himalayan areas. So uh, there was a flood in February, on February 7 uh, this year. And before this, before this February flood, the idea, even in Uttarakhand, the activists, environmentalists would always say that big projects are a problem. Big dams are a problem. A Big infrastructure projects like uh, uh, longer roads are a problem. But the February disaster showed us that smaller projects could also co- cause immense havoc. So there was a 13.2 megawatt dam that was hit by floods and that's where disasters started happening because this dam got damaged. A number of people died here and then it went downstream. Another dam got damaged. So that was an example. I think that was a shift in how we look at Uh, projects, even development, Uh, you don't have to always look at larger projects. Smaller projects, smaller buildings uh, could also be at the very center of how disasters could happen and how ecology of the Himalayan areas could be impacted. So, um, for example, even now, uh, there are no large projects in the area where these rainfalls happened over the past days. But you have buildings built near lakes or you have buildings built near rivers or you have choked uh, the catchment areas of uh, lakes. So what happens is that the water that that would have ideally gone gone under the ground now becomes surface water. So it flows over the surface. That increases runoff, which increases... So these are valleys. All the water that will flow from the surface will go to the river. That increases the amount of water in the rivers because of all this runoff over concrete structures. So that's where uh, the ecological disaster comes into play. These smaller buildings, one after the other, uh, how we concretize our catchment areas, all this is leading to bigger disasters. So there is a need to look at development again, to revisit our ways of looking at development and to also see how smaller projects, be it private projects or government projects, can ruin the ecology even further considering extreme rainfall events are increasing now
0: i think kavita that's a very brilliant point you made you know in terms of when tv has the coverage of urban floods uh, they speak of floods in context of precipitation but not in the context that the water also runs beneath the surface but what we do as you pointed out you know it's it's running on the surface so you know it actually increases the area so it spreads through the its own area which has been uh, which we call the reclaimed land you no know, uh, professor dimri uh, you know, generally the debate when it came used to be about uh, mountains or fragile ecology, there were two people there, environment and development. So people would argue it would be imperative of uh, development and balancing environment. Now there is a third person which has walked into the room, and that third person refuses to go away, which is the reality and that is climate change. So as uh, uh, Kavita was talking about small projects, can you take us through then what is the imperative of development? Because you know, Kamau and Garwala got suspended in time. Professor.
1: Yeah, you see, climate was always changing. We have little I age, 1853. We have Thames River frozen in the UK. We have a younger dryers, flowers came. So point to what I want to make. There is a kind of natural variability in climate change one point what i want to make in the uttarakhand region in particular is the what are the development projects right now going on except the char uh, uh, road construction there is no big project as far as i understand is kind of making the disaster to happen so the frequency of disaster have to be understood in the sequence that can we dam the dams can be development Versus disaster. These disasters are they are linked to the climate globally and regionally also being implicated like the uh, previous speak about the extreme rains. Extreme rains are happening everywhere. So, disaster are happening everywhere. But the mountainous being the fragile, ecologically sensitive, you we'll talk of the sustainable de- development. Where is the population living up there? Most of the population is coming to the foothill of Himalayas. Number one point, what I want to make. You have a deficit of sub- springs there. Springs are drying up. So, you have subsurface soil is kind of dry. Even is the aquifers are drier right now, as of now now the point is if we have 100 gallons of water and our capacity is of only 10 gallon of water where this 100 getter, uh, rest of the 19 gallon of water will flow off right we have studies where we have shown that till 2050 the upper bit the ganges yamuna and they will double the flow because of the glacier and cryosphere and permafrost melt, but after 2050, the melt will drastically come down because of the climate change. So, climate change is primarily not a kind of a singular event; it happens today and then goes off. The point is on the rivulets, on the riverbeds. If you go back to you are talking of the ecology, we I remember in my childhood, I too belong to Uttarakhand. The villages are used to be constructed beyond and far from the rivulets of rivers and ladies and boys used to go to the fetch water from these rivulets and now all these rivulets are kind of construction are made in such a way that you see the Deuparyag I was very closely following the cloudburst which happened in the Deuparyag in last year all the small scale cloudbursts which are bringing water from somewhere they are not affecting the larger river because rivers has the capacity to uphold this water these smaller rivulets across these smaller region valley geographical geomorphology they are bringing these cloud water the capacity of rivulets are very very less as compared to this thing and hence you have more number of these events are happening another thing which we are forgetting is that there is a huge reservoir of the terry reservoir dam is coming so this is the source of For any such kind of deluge, you need to have precipitation from somewhere. The water has to come over that region, is not it. So where is this water coming from? So any kind of disturbance which are coming as a low pressure system over the region, it sucks the water from very nearby water body. It need not to be brought in from the Indian Ocean or Arabian Ocean because that's a larger margin of travel northward propagation. And this is the time when monsoon is exiting from the Indian subcontinent. October, November. So, this is a very peculiar situation that monsoon hold it up back and it yielded certain kind of atmospheric situations, conditions under which the water from picked up from which are locally over the Uttarakhand region. And that was the reason that led to the disaster in the sense of water a lot of water I, I i am taking somewhere i think the you know, 300 millimeter rainfall has occurred somewhere even if you go nepal side uh, they reported 500 millimeter per day which is used for one uh, one day point of view of the water disaster and our memory is very short not only this event if you go back in this particular year only there are many one day records are broken if you go back in december last time you have a one day warming happen minimum temperature, March was raining very high. So one day precipitation in March happened very high. May, you have a very lowest temperature, minimum May was recorded this year. So what I mean to say that these are a generic phenomena which are occurring over this region, leading to the disaster in certain way or other, you have a heat wave you talk of the tropical cyclone energy warming is so much that tropical cyclone which i read used to be landfall within the urisa sub coast they are entering to the uh, jharkhand region even bihar the Amphan came so inside and not only came inside, it brought in a lot of moisture and rain continuously up to the Jharkhand region. So atmosphere holding capacity because of this increase of temperature is very, very peculiar. So most of the moisture by virtue of the increased temperature is upheld in the uh, atmosphere, free atmosphere. But the point is, it's not only getting upholded. It is only raining in one particular point, which is not dripping everywhere which used to happen earlier time. That's what I have to add, Kartik, kartike, kartike
0: there is a word you used and i would like to take this to Hidesh. Hidesh, you know uh, professor used the word char dham construction being the only big construction which is happening uh, do you think that the massive road construction in western himalayas is actually uh, challenging the limits of natural ecology the integrity of the mountains so uh,
2: to make it simple i will i will i will just share my uh, my understanding and what i have seen as a reporter uh, anyone any reporter who has uh, followed the hearings of ngt and uh, who has followed the entire process of building this road he or she will tell you that very shamelessly the the the, uh, the government's own rule the the government's own guidelines and the law was flouted to build this road a road a wider road we were we we were we were asked to believe Wider road, a road like a runway, uh, aeroplane runway. Uh, you know, we are we will build such kind of a road, and it will bring a lot of prospects. If you if you go back to the hearings of the NGT, and if you go go to the paper reporting and clippings, the ample proof. Government uh, broke down the the the, the entire uh, 900 kilometer road or whatever the length uh, of it is uh, in a small segments to violate or to flound the uh, the the environmental uh, clearance because they needed environmental clearance for certain uh, uh, certain length of they, 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 they broke the entire project in small segments and that's how they got the uh, uh, the, the clearance they did not follow the norms of building the muck dumping zone and they entirely cut down the uh, cut down the mountain and uh, threw it in the river and coming back to the what uh, kavita was saying the dam projects i have seen myself i have documented and i have written it my book that the environmental impact assessment uh, report which is necessary a mandatory requirement for any uh, such big project they they are there are cases where they, they they presented the environmental impact assessment report in other place where the dam was actually not not, not coming up so the ro- uh, the dam dam was building at place one and they were giving the environmental uh, they they were showing the place two for the environmental assessment another thing which i want to uh, uh, want to tell you that they are telling us that you know this will bring bring a lot of prosperity but anyone who is following climate change who is following these research papers will show that this is actually the environmental cost is actually becomes becoming so heavy that it is impacting your gdp uh, a very, uh, I can share the link, I'm not getting actually the uh, the name of that organization, uh, PNAS, uh, if I'm correctly, it's very prestigious uh, research of PNAS. They have said that in last, and it's very meticulous data of 60 years, 50, 60 years, and they have said that had uh, uh, the, 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 the poor and developing countries not facing the impact of climate change and global warming, their GDP would have been 30% higher than what it is today. And particularly the name of India is there. And it also says that the climate change and the environmental cost making uh, poorer countries more poor and richer countries more rich. So we will have to take care of this. What Professor was saying correct is that in Eastern Ghats, in simple language, if I could explain this to my uh, to, 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 to the listeners, that earlier the cyclones were hitting the Eastern uh, Ghats. And Eastern Ghats, we know our uh, Eastern coastline is thinly populated. So, you know, you have time to send the people in relief camps, you have time to save them, and you suffer relatively lesser damage in terms of economy and human life. But now the nature of climate change and global warming is such that Arabian sea is also warming up and we are witnessing cyclones from western west coast also. So, you know that, uh, you know very well the uh, western hearts these the western coastline is very thickly populated be mumbai be goa be kerala so people live uh, on the coast so if they start happening as they are happening every year in eastern coast they are actually in the last four years they have we have seen uh, ample number of cyclones in west coast we can understand what kind of environmental and what kind of loss we will suffer because 25 crore people 250 million people they live along 7500 kilometer long mainland coastline and they not only live there, but most of them uh, depend for their livelihood also. These dams, not only in Himalayas, but other places also, creating other kinds of problems also. Uh, If they are not built sustainably, uh, no one is saying that there should be no dam, there should be no road. But I have seen driving in Himalayas that a thinner road, a less wider road, which is thickly po- uh, forested, will be more sustainable, which we, during Keralarna disaster, we saw it, we were using mostly the Amandal Road, which is a reserve forest and very thickly populated. So what I am trying to say, that if we keep on building roads be in Himalayas or be in, uh, uh, in, in plain areas, they also hold the sediments and water and the salinity uh, of the uh, of, of the sea increases. And what that does, that, uh, that uh, devastates the mangroves and other vegetations along the coast that's how that's how when the cyclone comes the water comes much deeper if the uh, if, if the mangroves are not uh, you know properly grown and if they are being affected due to this so you know it's very complicated and we have to understand the problem is that the mainstream media which is television media it has set a kind of a cockfight every evening. And these things, idea exchange, what I should learn from you, what I should learn from Professor Dimri, what Professor Dimri can learn from Kavita's experience or my experience, these ideas exchange happening in mainstream media. And we should actually amplify this also, That's why uh, these things remain. You know, it becomes an event when this happens. We discuss about it in spaces like this, where lesser number of people, I believe, come and you know uh, they are very already. I mean, it's a kind of preaching to the choir. They 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 already believe this. What I'm saying, so it doesn't reach
0: to the people who actually should change their. You know, um, you know, I take this issue of dam to Kavita now. But do you feel that there should be some sort of restriction? Of tourists who come from uh, North India to Uttarakhand, you know, what I witnessed uh, in last two months was because of the whole international traffic was stopped, suddenly they, you know, you had miles long of traffic jam in Aldwani and Kaladungi, which means that uh, do we need to, does Uttarakhand need to have that sort of sustainability which Bhutan has done, restricting the movement of people to, uh, you know, sustain and nurture its ecology, Pradesh? Okay, you are asking me, I thought uh, uh, you are asking
2: yes, me to yes. Kavita. Uh, then I go to Kavita, yes. Your voice was breaking. Can you just recapitulate your the, your, your question? Uh, can you come up again, please?
0: My my question to you was, do we need to ensure that the volume of people who are going to Uttarakhand needs to be regulated the way Bhutan does? I I,
2: I, I think that it, it, it has to be, you know... Uh, there should be some discipline. I won't say that you know uh, we can't manage those tourists, but those tourists cannot trample on the bogyals and you know the meadows. Uh, th- the, you know, we should understand and prepare for kind of the water crisis it will bring with us. Uh, they should not make you know, the, the, we, we, you know, you must be knowing, uh, kind of the Chamoli marriage uh, a few years back. Two very rich brothers from South Africa came and they turned the entire uh, ecologically sensitive bogyal into a, a dump yard only because they have money, they have flouted it, the, the, every norm. It, it, it flies on the face of you know our society and judiciary and everything you know they were they were they were charged penalty also i didn't follow what happened but this these things are these things are happening so they should know and people should know that this is a irreversible damage which they are do, doing to this this uh, awareness should be there and there should be heavy penalties when people do this but the problem is that the person the people who are who are responsible for protecting the environment so the regulatory body sometimes they become uh, you know part uh, part of the this kind of uh, the, the problem so th- that is very important and uh, i think uh, eco- the ecologically in, in ecologically sensitive area a lot of things uh, you know can bring uh, to educate people and then can bring a lot of prosperity uh, but the, uh, the tourism and that uh, entire thing the, the the business has to be tuned in in that uh, that way also you know that has to be uh, taken care of. Uh, that is something uh, which I would like to submit. Uh, uh, you know, answer to your
0: question. Question. Okay. Is it okay? Okay. Uh, very nicely put, Kavita. Tell me one thing. Isn't it ironical? And can you take us through the reasons? You know, it's where the water comes from. You know, here Pradesh, uh, Yamuna and Ganga flow from uh, Uttarakhand. And you have areas in Uttarakhand where you don't have water, uh, like Mukteshwar. You know, Mukteshwar falls short of water. Uh, what is the reason behind this, and does is it also adding uh, to the change in environment coupled with deforestation in the uh, Garhwal Mandal and Kumau Mandal? Kavita,
3: I'm sorry, Kartike, I just lost you at parts. You'll have to repeat your question.
0: My question was that do you feel that uh, is logical that the state which provides water to north of India, where major rivers emanate like Ganga and Yamuna, it is. It itself falls short of water. Area like uh, Mukteshwar doesn't have water. For common use, what is the reason? How can that be uh, addressed?
3: It's a very interesting question. uh, Because when we talk of water security, we, we feel like when we look at rivers overflowing with water, that means we have a lot of water for usage, household usage, but that's not true. Because... The household water or drinking water, generally, traditionally in the mountain areas, is spring water. So the water that flows in the rivers is not something we can use. Or I can't directly use my lake water for house, household purposes. It has to be brought to me first. Second, it has to be cleaner. So spring waters are cleaner. So we can use that. River waters, we can't use. So when we when we see there's a Ganga that originates from Uttarakhand and feeds such a lo- large population, that doesn't mean that uh, we are uh, we have water enough to cater to our population because the springs are drying up. That's one. Uh, second, the kind of uh, development we are focusing on, which is about concretizing, that also reduces the amount of water that will go into our hills and will replenish our aquifers, which will then eventually lead to spring water. So when there isn't much water going underground and replenishing our springs, there isn't enough water that is coming out in the form of springs. So there isn't enough water that is available for people to use that way. So just having water in uh, larger water bodies does not mean we have enough water that that we can use. So there are several research reports which say that because of climate change in the times to come, this problem will get severe, and Himalayan areas, despite being home to glaciers and rivers, will face severe shortage of water that can be used for household purposes. So this is very ironical. The fact that we are home to rivers, and we won't have water for using uh, for our personal usage. Yeah. So that's my answer to your question.
0: Uh, uh, you know, uh, Professor Dimri, if you can uh, listen to me, uh, this. The question uh, which uh, Kavita answered in context of water, you know, are these issues because that the regulatory body, which Radesh also pointed out, is not listening to people like you, environmental uh, scientists, people who have done studies on climate change? It's uh, a sort of interface between academics and the regulatory bodies.
1: Uh, Karthike, it's a very funny, in Uttarakhand in particular, with my introduction, and I'm tired and lo- left it also to pursue actually everybody knows everything and that is the biggest problem and uh, most of the people are looking for what not what we know they are looking for what we do not know and argue on that right there are many kind of uh, regulatory assessments many kind of compositions of the execution at the ground level has been made at various various levels now the point is that they are not put in the standard charter of the organization purposes where one can train formations for uh, uh, assessment, for uh, recommendations, for a project purposes. For So the point is that uh, if you say something, the very, very, very question comes, okay. Uh, and you forget about what people are telling. You see uh, from past, ex- past uh, many events, this is not that disaster happened just now. I remember 1970, there is a go- gone out like breast. I have done a review paper, very old work, where uh, there were many in Gadwal. I do not know about the in folklores in Gadwal is there about these disasters. Now, the point is in the present growth of understanding ac- economically, academically, or power, f- power point of view also. Somehow, we are finding in the case of Uttarakhand that we are waiting for disaster to happen. Uh, one disaster happened in uh, uh, February. Now this is another disaster happened. So something like it happened. Oh, disaster occurred. Okay, now you react it. Nobody, do you think this has not been forecasted earlier? Do you think 2013 disaster was not forecasted earlier to the government of state? There are records where it, they were, even this one also been told, now, where is the regulatory body? Even if I'm going to my village, I was asked to stop in the um, in the Rishikis, right? I'm not going for pilgrimage. Now, the, the point is all along, uh, previous speaker is talking uh, um, about uh, Nanital. You look at the Nanital when you climb from Kaladungi to Nanital and you then drop back towards the Almoda and Kachidham. Laksan, across without any planning. Where is the urban settlement planning? Somebody was to, uh, talking the municipal. Uh, this thing. So the issue is that we are looking at what we do not know. We do not want to know what we know. There are many good plans. Chandigarh, you see, it's a pre-planned city. There are already existing examples in society, in governance, in policy. You have to pick up, pick it up. Those policy papers, those policy guidelines, those policy. How many times uh, me? Uh, and other speakers will keep speaking on the issue. I you got tired. People, many reporters, whoever uh, from Uttarakhand, they, they call me that, okay, you please tell climate change is happening and that's just happening in a few. So the point what I mean to mention that there is an issue of what we do not know or what we know. And we don't want to take it further, be it a flooding of the lake, be it a flooding of the cloud bus, be it a flooding of the landslide, be it a tectonically landslide. Uh, c- control measures across these nations. So these will remain a uh, very, very sore effect until these. I told uh, the chief minister that uh, you are uh, putting the Chardham Yatra, that time um, Honorable Thiratsingh Chief Minister, you make a, a, a impact on showcase that you are doing forestation. He is telling no forestation to chalida. I said separately people are doing. I agree with that. But how you do not think of stabilizing the slope when you are cutting the road which are and I know that this is a very tectonically fragile mountain. Everybody wants a road at home, village, light, everything. I agree with that developmental model, but that development has to be sustainable. You just simply cannot cut the road and then you, that, that uh, landslides are happening. You see, I am just returning uh, yesterday from halfway through with my field, which I was supposed to go to Malari Mul- Mul- side of Niti and ahead. The point is that everywhere this is dumping, sliding down and then the point is the point the people who are of that structure, geologist rain uh, uh, analyst they are not heard of i think in this present state in the in particular of the uttarakhand region if you simultaneously you read the story of the nepal part in the same event because this time rain more more rain happened in the kumau not the gadwal, gadwal this episode of 3 days uh, the nepal uh, have Comparatively controlled their this episode much much better than this. So the point to what I want to highlight emphatically is that probably in this state we wait for disaster to happen and then react with NDRF or SDRF or whatever or what not. Thank you, Kartike.
0: You know there's a there's an added question there's an added question, Professor, and that is uh, like for example the debate on climate the debate uh, on the issue of. Uh, the change in weather, in fragile ecology of uh, Western Himalayas, it's also linked with glaciers. You know, at, at a very small level, a uh, number of things have been done in Ladakh uh, so that you know water is available throughout the year. Do you think that the mountains of Uttarakhand and uh, the mountains of Garwar are lacking a sort of a, a approach in sustaining these glaciers because they are uh, disappearing and some of the studies are saying that most of the major glaciers will disappear in the next 50 years, 60 years?
1: I don't want to go to the glacier dynamics probably in this forum. Glacier dynamics all together is a very interesting phenomenon of the glacier physics. And since you are comparing with the Ladakh, which is in the western Himalaya, this is governed by the winter weather, which is whereas the central Himalaya, Uttarakhand, is governed by the summer monsoon and winter and summer both monsoon. Now the characteristic of Ladakh and uh, the, 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 the Uttarakhand glacier are peculiarly very, very different. Yes, there is a uh, kind of a vague uh, term under which that uh, the glaciers will diminish somewhere, they will be weakening, they will be slimming or thinning, but the simultaneously there are our work also in the glacial lake outburst potential is happening at many places we have identified. Uh, also so you will listen after some time that glacier lake outburst has taken place and then people will say oh there's a disaster has come but the point what i want to make that who is going to be talking in the civic society in nanital in particularly in governance point is it the district magistrate or is it sp ssp and so and so forth my issue is entirely different why this issue, are we four or five guys are capable enough to sort it out? I don't think so. We, we have our own domain of expertise and we do not know what other domain is doing. The issue is that in glacier water, GLOF and all these water will be happening. But the point is that how to control these kind of disaster at the ground level. That is, if the lake is flooding, suppose an example, Nanita Lake is flooding. Are we not aware of the exits, aware that from where water is going and how to manage it? So my point is entirely different where science is going to the policy. There is a no common platform is happening in the policy level. So even if you write good work, even if you know good forecast, even you have a three, four days, 96 hour better forecast in the future, but if there is nobody at the, taken in the NDMC or what municipal corporation or whatever it is, uh, it's not going to work if you don't have a dam control. You see, in Kerala also problem the happened last time. Kerala was flooded because dam gates were opened. So it's the contrary of what my speaker was telling before. Because they opened the dam gates and Kerala is flooded. So it's the contrary. So no, my point is that where you will open the gate, where you will not open the gate. So these are the few issues which to come in the policy level. Until unless it's a policy, planning and governance has not come. Maybe I will keep working on climate change till my life. And...
3: Thank you, Kartike. Uh, thank, I, you. I uh, want thank you. To, I, uh... want to, I want to say something here, if I'm allowed to.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure. Go ahead.
3: So I think I would add to what Professor Dimri said. In terms of when we talk of releasing water also, how much water has to be released, when, before a, a big extreme weather event or not, that is very policy. That's a policy level decision that somebody has to make. So what, the people who are occupy occupying those positions have to make those decisions, and we often see that either wrong decisions are made are made or decisions are delayed. That's one problem. The second thing about GLOFs, glacial lake outburst floods, that professor talked about. So I have an example that I want to share. So that disaster that happened in 2013 was largely a result of a glacial lake that breached. So there was extreme rainfall. There was an existing glacial lake. Uh, and the lake got filled. And this lake was at a higher altitude from Kedarnath, uh, the temple. And the lake breached, and there was flooding downstream in the Kedarnath Valley. Thousands of people died. The official figures would say 4,000, 6,000. Unofficially, it, would, it it was around 20,000 people who probably died in that disaster. So in 2015, the Wadia Institute of Himalayan Geology in Dehradun came up with, an, with a glacier lake inventory for Uttarakhand. And they projected that due to climate change, the number of glacial lakes are increasing uh, in size and number, which means that there is a lot of there could be an expectation of many glacial lake outbursts in future because of climate change. So they said that there are around 1,266 uh, glacial lakes in Uttarakhand, and they came up with this inventory. So I. Got to know about it. I was working on something on glacial lakes at that time, and I took it to the disaster management department in Dehradun. And I said, "Oh, see, we have this great data with us now, and we can do something about it." The disaster management department can actually see which glacial lakes are might be a cause of uh, trouble in future, and they can address this issue. They can probably monitor these lakes better. Probably uh, shift the population uh, to safer areas from the downstream areas of uh, Glacial lakes which might burst in future etc. So I did a lot of back and forth between Wadia Institute and the Disaster Management Department which comes under the, under the state government but ultimately what happened is that Wadia Institute told me that they have not even communicated this report officially to the Disaster Management Department because it's not their prerogative it is not their job to tell the state that they have come up with this inventory. One second, the disaster management department said, "Oh, but the Vardya Institute hasn't told us about this inventory, so it's not our job to take any action on their inventory." And they also said later that they don't even have enough people to monitor, nor the funds to do this kind of monitoring. So you see, even if there are so many academic reports or so many academics, journalists, people, locals, environmentalists talking about these issues there are so many other challenges that policymakers would also face. They might not have uh, the resources. They might not be willing to come up with those resources. So there are these issues are really, really complex. And, it, and as Professor Dimri said, it feels like we'll all spend our lifetimes talking about the same things again and again and again, only only hoping that some action is taken on the issues that we raise.
0: You know, Kavita, you, uh, you have to... Uh, uh taken forward the point, a very pertinent point which uh, Professor Dimri made. But, you know, I would like to bring in Hidesh. Hidesh uh, covered uh, the uh, 2013 disaster very intensively. He, I remember being in the same profession, one of the few reporters, you know, who who trekked all the way, you know, because it was very difficult. The roads was, uh, the, you know, the, because of the landslides, uh, the vehicularity was not possible. Hidesh, you know, the point which Professor Dimri made, and the point which Kavita made... Can you correlate it with your experience of 2013?
2: Uh, for
0: that, for that experience, I would like to
2: I would like to tell you, Kartike, one very important thing. Kavita said the things are very complex, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, they are complex. Uh, I I largely agree with Professor what, what Professor is saying. Uh, we can differ in very you know uh, fine uh, details, but um, uh, largely we are on the same page. But one thing should be, should be uh, you know uh, told to the people very openly and without any fear is that the the Biggest problem uh, for many of the, many of the issues is corruption. I'll I, I'll tell you how because you know you set in na- set narrative in a way, especially in terms of these roads. Because uh, not only you know that as a journalist, not only Himalayas, I have I have been traveling length and breadth of the country. Most of most of the time, I'm not in my home. Now I'm traveling for last two days on bumpy roads of UP, uh, the close to border of UP and Nepal, uh, UP and Bihar. And also in Uttarakhand, I can take you to hundreds of places, not scores of places, hundreds of the places which are required, but the roads are not coming up. You know, they are building the roads where there is a lot of cushion of corruption and a lot of cushion of eyeballs is there. You know, I was covering just three years back uh, somewhere in Dwara Heart and I, 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 I tracked up a village where a leopard, there are a lot of menace of leopards there, An issue we can discuss uh, separately, but one leopard had killed a woman and the daughter-in-law was saying had the road, uh, I mean, I, I tracked because there was no road. So she was saying that if a road, then we take the to the hospital. And ja mark the road, there were only four or five families, the entire village was migrated. So they are not building that road. That road is required. People are demanding to... They know that the road is required. They can stop and prevent migration and slow down the migration. Building these roads will bring a lot of relief to the people. They are not building though. But what they are doing that our uh, uh, road and tra- tra- ministry uh, the, and, and uh, the central ministry is trying to lull in the very fragile Masuri. Where uh, what Kavita was mentioning that uh, Wadi Institute, Wadi Institute's report have cautioned that you know you can't do this to Masuri because uh, you know read history of Masuri. Masuri was a place where a lot of mining was there. It was stopped only because of that because it is very fragile and you know it is on the tectonic distant fault line. So, you know, these roads and all these things. So why this happens? Because, you know, there is a lot of dishonesty what politicians and policymakers say and what, what they preach to us and what they practice. So this has to be said. I have said this to many forums. Recently, I was invited in the capital of state to speak on it, this thing. I, uh, and they were saying how journalists can amplify the, about the tourism. Uh, so I said very uh, blatantly uh, to them that, you know, this is not job of a journalist to amplify what he's trying to do. Journalist's job is to write, write honestly about it. Then government can take away from the story in the right spirit. They read the story and they can talk to the policymakers like professor who is here and uh, you know and take take our uh, right up to there and uh, avail from that. I mean they are asking a set of journalists to amplify what they are doing and they are not doing what they are saying and they are doing what is policymakers said don't do it. So you know across the country you go the roads where they are required they are not being built. You know, we see pictures in the remote areas where people are walking on uh, 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 taking the old person on court and they are they have no uh, facility of uh, to commute and they are building roads uh, where there is this Hindi may have that we are to uh, go to a mein. Tak ek aap aasi, uh, road banana hai, uh, that will not even bring you know, zip past highways will never never bring uh, employment or rose whatever they try to build. You have to you have to uh, develop. A certain kind of infrastructure which will associate and relate the tourists who is going to the pilgrimage or tourism in these hills. If you make a zip past highway, either it will break down during monsoon or people will start in the in the morning uh, go to Guptakashi, take helicopter and in the evening, they will be back to their own. So where is the rose guard uh, for the for, for a person who is there, uh, who is chai wala uh, dhaba wala, hotel, Chota hotel wala? So th- these things have to be understood and we should, amplify while writing, and we should say it very openly, that most of the time what is being said, that is not being practiced, what is being practiced, that is not being told to us. And uh, this is what, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, this has to be said very clearly.
0: Uh, uh... Very well put, Hidesh. But uh, uh, coming to uh, Professor Dimini, then what is required? Because, you know, there is deforestation, there is extreme climate activity, there is human construction, there is rising population, then there is an imperative of development. A person like you who has uh, studied this from the micro and the macro perspective, do you think that Uttarakhand requires an immediate plan? And in your, uh, from your point of view, which is legible to a person like me and other uh, other people who are not directly and seeped into environmental sciences, what really needs to be done? Or five things which needs to be addressed immediately, sir? Uh,
2: the thing is this, that, uh, you know, uh, you asked this question to me, Karthike, eh, I believe. Yes, uh, yes sir, up to you. So um, uh, the the thing is this, if you sit down with the forest officer whose brief and whose mandate is to protect forests, he will tell you that if I start, uh, you know, uh, not signing the files for the projects who are in violation with the law and and the spirit of constitution, I will uh, be relegated to some very, you know remote area where I, have, I am of no use or I will lose my job or I will be, you know, I uh, will face some penalty, etc. So the people who are watchdogs for this, they are, you know, being sidelined. And he told me very interesting fact. He said, you check that vyakti jo hai, the IFS, hota, Indian Forest Services, wala, kya the additional secretary level? Ta, kitne they say that we have to speak the language of, you know, uh, a lot of IAS and other people who are, quote unquote, that pro-development and who talk about imperatives of development. You know, we all know about development and we all know that what kind of development we have seen in last uh, so much time. We know that environmental disaster will, uh, how, how they impact our economy and, uh, you know, human lives. So they should show us how much development they have brought with these, you know, these, these projects which they are telling or, or they, they, we, should, we will tell them how much disaster you have inflicted on us, uh, on, on the people of uh, any place of Himalaya. And another thing is this: not only Uttarakhand, we should not be limited to Uttarakhand. If you talk
0: about,
2: if you talk about this uh, Arunachal Pradesh, yeah. where uh, people came uh, uh, about seven, eight years back, I remember in press club in Delhi, and they, they say our young generation they are ethnically more, you know. Uh,
0: uh, Gidesh, uh the only reason why uh, I I I've been uh, continuously and consistently using the word Garhwal uh, and uh, Kumau is because I just wanted to have an overlap of a larger worldview with right. this specific Himalayas. Because I know the complexity of Northeastern Himalayas or Sikkim or the Himachal and in the Kashmir no. Himalayas is slightly different. So the intention was to just to uh, no, no, be specific I'm, I'm in our context. I, I'm,
2: I am. I am not saying what 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 about your program's title, and I know you are doing in the best of your intentions. What I am saying is that. But what professor Dimri was saying that we should also learn you know uh, from across the himalayan area it's a large you know from karakoram to northeast bhutan area you know the, this this is home to 10000 uh, uh, bigger big or small big or small glaciers There's so many you know bi- biodiverse area we we talk about climate change and we hardly talk about biodiversity that is as important you know kind of a loss the biodiversity is uh, facing so one forest officer told and it is a documented uh, thing that agar ye uh, butterfly butterflies zone is bhi ho jayenge ke liye, unse kuch gaya, kya hoga? so it means that forest officer uh, who is sitting at the top post does not know that what the bio, what the butterflies and more do to biodiversity if, agar wo khatam ho jayenge to we we are being told that if the elephants uh, are not there what is the problem they do not know that the elephant is the engineer of the jungle jab, element, jab जब जब पानी खत्म हो जाता है तो गर्मियों में तो वो पानी अपने दांतों से खोद के हाथी निकालता है हाथी जब चलता है तो कई ऐसे जानवरों के लिए रास्ता बनता है डेंस जंगल में चलने के लिए जो अगर वहां नहीं जाएंगे तो मर जाएंगे बहुत सारी ऐसी चीजें हैं फ्रूट्स हैं व्हेन दे गो थ्रू गो it, then only it can flourish. So these people are running the country and they are not listening, not uh, inconsequential reporter like me or Kavita, not to, uh, experts also. So, I mean, these are very complex things, rightly said by my co-panelists. We, we, we have to understand this, but again, I would like to uh, underline, they are not listening because there is a large question of corruption. And this is not about the, you know one party or another party. This is about the whole system where we are being told that this is something is good for you. And uh, there is no there is no concrete data or you know facts to uh, to corroborate that what they are telling to us.
0: No, no you, yes. you you have a point it's, a, it's like it's like saying, Ridesh, what is the importance of a honeybee? If someone does not know the importance of pollination, then you know you would not understand the importance of honeybee in the forest. it's an absolutely brilliant point you made. you know the professor Dimbi is back with us. Uh, professor Dimbi, am I uh, loud and clear to you? can you hear me, sir?
1: Yes, I can.
0: Okay. Uh, You know, Professor, I asked you, I asked this question to you before I before we, uh, you know, you were disconnected, then what is to be done, sir? Uh, From a from a person like you who's deep into the environmental sciences, my question is something which is legible to a listener like me, what really needs to be done for Uttarakhand?
1: Yeah, see, I was listening to Kavita Wadia versus, uh, I think, governance. She was referring then Hirde, Hirdes, Hirdes, um, brought and got lot many things. You know, I work on nonlinear dynamics. Uh, all of us know that we have to die one day, frankly speaking. But out of this decision, we pick up the linear things in our life which are best for individual. It may not be same for me and Kavita and Hirdes, but we pick up certain things of the. This is the philosophy of life in the model. Now the point is, can we do everything? Is it a white slate and uh, we write everything and fix it and uh, do it? So probably what we need to have, we have to keep working, working and working. And in due course of time, you see 2000 uh, first IPCC came in 1966. Uh, 19, uh, 1996. Nobody was knowing that climate change is going to be so peculiar. And just after uh, 10, 13 years, it was awarded a Nobel Prize for the purpose. Now, the case is that are we of the opinion in case of Uttarakhand to bring a policy paper? I know Wadia has a limitation because it's a government of India department. It cannot function independently. And I'm also happy that here they are interacted with the IFS officer. In fact, in my case, recently two weeks back, uh, we we are holed up by a patrol in Ladakh Chanthang region. So uh, Hirda is lucky than me. Now the, now the point is for wildlife issue. Now the point is that how small procedure contribution in time we can do in a subjective manner. Like for me is a climate change and disaster. Similarly uh, we, we, Hirda must be having certain kind of. Uh, procedure. So if bit by bit, if we are adding to these issues in coming time, definitely I'm very hopeful in my life as well as professional life that things will uh, run in the right way and in the direction where where we the, the things will be heard of, things will be noted, and we have to think for that kind of performance in our individual, uh, we will do it in a better way in case of climate or uh, in a certain way or other. So that's the way I think of course, the governments, you, you see the a small model, two small state model. One is the uh, Himachal Pradesh, which is adjacent to us. As he told Sikkim also. We see that how distinctly different these two states are. Uh, as far as the development is concerned. That's what is not the case. Unfortunately, in Uttarakhand, uh, forget about the disaster. Even you talk of the schools where I studied, it is worse than the situation right now in Bhatwari and in ahead uh, of Gopeshwar, People quote Eason. now. Now the point is where we have gone beyond that. So that is the issue of the society, which is imperatively at the top priority that how society we are helping on. So that is my take on out of this whole, my kind of research that how can I contribute to this society? And if that is the important issue we are doing, maybe a disaster, maybe a road, maybe a pilgrimage, or maybe a child education, health, gender. So that will be a very, very imperatively important contribution we can think of. Thank you, Karthik.
0: You know, before I take the closing comments, you know, uh, so th- th- there is an issue. You know, you spoke about it early on. You spoke about extreme rainfall. Now, with climate changes, extreme rainfall is a reality. We witnessed it in Delhi. We witnessed it in Kerala. So, is the way to falls? Come again. You want me, me to comment on extreme rainfall uh, like that? Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah. Extreme rainfall is yes. Sir. be more because. Um, as I said that uh, we all wash utensil, and there is a sponge, right, in our uh, wash basin uh, when we wash utensil. This sponge is filled with water when the atmospheric moisture is, suppose you consider atmosphere like that. Now you touch at, that sponge at one particular point and hold water triples at that particular point where you are poking with a finger on that sponge. Similar situation is happening nowadays that atmosphere is not raining everywhere, homogeneously distributed over the space. So it is only coming at the point where it gets this perturbation which pokes the atmosphere, and hence this extreme rain is coming at that one particular point. Now, this poking of this sponge or atmosphere, which analogy I am trying to give it to is very difficult and deceptive to get into where it is. If you look at the Uttarakhand overall average rainfall, this deluge must not be more than, very high than the average. It will be very closer to the average, but the problem is that rainfall, took place at one particular point. It was not a homogeneously distributed. And that's what brings more disaster at one particular area or one particular region where this kind of is happening. So extremes are likely to be increasing because temperature is increasing. Now, since you have more energy in the available potential energy in the free atmosphere, now it is very critical to assess where this extreme is going to occur. That's the problem with our climate models, because models are unable to capture that convection in the free atmosphere, because we, uh, Indian, uh, India is in a tropical region where convection is predominantly very, very acute and very uh, complex phenomena when the evaporation will occur when temperature is rising. So that is the few things that extreme is definitely going to happen and extreme when i say it's not only precipitation extreme i am telling the temperature extreme i am telling the cold days cold extremes and if these are extremes are happening you will have a similarly translated to the health extremes also health hazard also so these are the all connected way uh, we have to have to see look into these extremes and there are very many researches on the monsoon extreme research fundamental research people across the institutes, universities in India are providing very good background and backspace to these kind of possible uh, policy decisions in the future. That is a very much possible. Thank you, Kartike. Uh,
0: Prophet, you stay with me. I'll be taking a closing comment with you. I'll start with Kavita. So the closing comment with a question is, is it possible to decongest Uttarakhand? You stay in Nenital, uh, Nenital from 1880. Of Nenital of 2021 uh, is a difference between the sky and the land. Is it possible to do that?
3: Everything is possible only if one is willing, is what I believe in, and it's, it's true actually. So, what has come up again and again over the past years is that tourism is the backbone of Uttarakhand's economy, right? And it has been said early on by governments, there was the Congress government before this, which said, oh, we need to decentralize tourism because our tourist places like Nenital and Mussoorie are, are overflowing with tourist populations. We can't accommodate those many tourists. I live in Nenital. During tourist season, I, I can't even step into the market. It's just full. And this disaster, the extreme rainfall event happened on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, people were boating in the lake. So you can imagine the kind of crazy uh, tourist behavior that people have taken up to. I don't understand uh, what it is that people don't understand about climate and about fragile landscapes um, that makes them uh, take these extreme steps that they they don't want to cancel uh, a trip that they've uh, already planned or they have to visit Nainital, or they have to visit Masuri because I don't know why, why can't it be a decentralized tourism uh, space. So one thing is that uh, tourism needs to be decentralized. It has to be done. Um, And the governments, uh, previous governments have said it, that you you can't have one place with extreme tourist populations. We don't have the resources, neither the capacity to have so many tourists to accommodate them, nor to supply them with water, vehicles, anything. So that needs to be done one second is when we think of tourism, our entire idea of tourism has to change because if you look at it, if tourism is Uttarakhand's backbone, and let's say, if even if it's religious tourism or general tourism, so if a Kedarna disaster happened, all governments have wanted the populations to be back to Kedarnath. So there has been constant messaging, oh, Kedarnath is safe, please come and visit Kedarnath, please come and visit Kedarnath. Why? Because if people don't visit these chardams, so many people on the way, the chota Walas, the hoteliers, everybody's going to lose business. The state government is going to lose a lot of money in this process, right? So we're only, again, even after these disasters, we're only, only looking at the... the we're only walking on the same path that we were walking on in regards to tourism and how we look at our economy. That has to be changed. There has to be newer ways of looking at tourism. Uh, tourism has to be sustainable in the state. So, The entire view of looking at development, tourism, um, building Uttarakhand's economy has to change. And if tourism is at the center of this economy, then we cannot continue with the kind of tourism that we are continuing with at this point. So lessons have to be learned by people who visit Uttarakhand, also by policymakers who have to understand that you have to decentralize tourism uh, in the state and probably look at more sustainable ways of promoting tourism in the state
0: mhm i think that's very well put Hidesh, closing comments from you
3: yeah um,
2: i will only add that uh, you know um, uh, what kavita and professor was saying that uh, one book i am translating of uh, you know uh, travel writer belletkin who came from scotland uh, to india uh, walking and taking lift and he traveled uh, on foot himalaya and he says that higher himalayas you know their peaks do not uh, you know uh, exhilarate me as much as the lower Uh, you know, jungles and uh, Himalayan areas, you know, that has to be communicated uh, to the people, that you do not have to, you know, go to the, always to the sensitive areas, Uh, you there, you have to see everything, but you should not rush. And he also says that the travel writers, the blame travel writers, they can't, uh, they they say, he says that they can't, uh, you know, shrug away this blame that they popularize the sensitive areas by their writings, and then there is a rush of, of tourists. So that is one thing another thing is, he he points out very important thing again how to live with the uh, how how to live with the uh, with the nature rather than thinking that we will conquer it he gives a very good example that he says that Sikhs always took pride in Hemkund Sahib which is highest uh, religious shrine no Hindu shrine is uh, no big Hindu shrine is situated at such a height more than 50 15,000 feet so what overseas Sikhs did, they pumped a lot of money, and at the place of a very beautiful small gurdwara, they made a huge gurdwara at that height. And that is that was of no use because hai, the granthi also comes down, so he even he can't live. He says that when as a environmental lover and as a travel writer, I go that that piece of work that the bigger gurdwara, it doesn't you know it doesn't make me as happy as the beautiful shrine. Because that was in, uh, you know, in connection with nature. So these things are very important and we have to understand this. So Kedarnath with, you know, multiple helicopters landing every minute, and you can't even use your mobile phone, though there is a 4G network, and hopefully 5G also will come and you can do a video call from there. Everything is in uh, Kedarnath. But that piece for which Kedarnath was considered best uh, among all, uh, you know, uh, shrines. The, the pleasure of walking and meeting people and providing them uh, employment. So these are very, you know, th- but these things do not fit in the quote-unquote idea of development. You know, so these are very important, and these are my closing comments. As they extremely wrong. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a accumulation or I'm I'm not an expert. There is nothing
0: called right or wrong. Experience, experience is an experience. Provides yeah. a perspective. So, so I'm, i think you're very brilliantly argued it out. Yeah, just listen to it. And uh, if you think that
2: I'm talking rubbish, just forget it. But I mean, this is something which I have learned by traveling, reading, and, you know, sitting with people. So, if you know, uh, there are some places you have to speed up. There are some places where you have to slow down the pace. So that is where the prosperity of Uttarakhand lies, where the sustainability lies. So my final line will be, thank you for inviting me and the other panelists, and thank you for everybody who was listening to this, that we cannot conquer nature. We
0: will have to learn to live with it. And how we have to learn to live with it—that we all know. So to go to that uh, Very well put, Professor. we closing comments from you? प्रकृति के साथ रहना है, उसको conquer नहीं करना है.
1: देखिए दो thing बहुत महत्वपूर्ण है कि प्रकृति की अपनी एक खुद एक विधा है. उस विधा के अंदर प्रकृति अपना व्यवहार बदलती है, करती रहती है. और उस विधा के अंदर हम लोगों का एक human का कितना उसमें योगदान है उसको बदलने के लिए एक उदाहरण चंडी प्रसाद भट्ट जी का है जिन्होंने की दसोली ग्राम सेल्फ सस्टेंड एक ग्राम बनाया है और मैं रहा हूं उसमें उस दिनों के लिए और ऐसे बहुत से एग्जांपल हैं और आइरेनी आप दूसरी देखिए बिडमना की जिस गांव से यह चिपको आंदोलन निकला से उसी गांव तो ये प्रकृति की अपनी नियमावली है जिसको हमें समझना है और उस नियमावली को समझ के हम उसको कितने अच्छे तरह से उसको किसी मंच पे ला सकते हैं किसी मंच पे ला लाके उसको आंकड़ों के साथ उस विश्लेषण के साथ रख सकते हैं वो एक बहुत बड़ी eh achhi baat hogi aur main yahi kehna is for mein ki mujhe uttarakhand ke at atkinson ka Chakaja acha gadget ek unhone likha hai uttarakhand pe jo bhoomi pe kitab likhi hai aur hrday keh rahe hain ki bahut achhi kitab chahunga ki hum log us prakriya ki taraf yogdan kis tarah se main fir se ye kehna ki let's not go towards what we do not know actually humko ye जान के देना पड़ेगा समाज के लिए उत्तराखंड के समाज के लिए कि हम लोगों ने क्या काम किया है कैसे उसको आने वाली पीढ़ियां उसको देखेंगी समस्याएं रहेंगी हिमालय से बहुत सी जातियां लुप्त हो गई बहुत सी जातियां खत्म हो गई ह्यूमन काइंड की मैं नहीं बात कर रहा हूं बहुत सी स्पीशीज की बात कर रहा हूं लेकिन जो आंकड़ों के साथ Hoga होगा उसको सब लोग लिखना पढ़ना और उसको आगे ले Conflict to Life Mere तो लाइफ में रहेंगे So these are the final comments and uh the कमेंट्स de मैं आप much to the nevad de town would never be a little
0: no, no, thank you. Uh, thank you. I think the biggest takeaway uh, for me uh, uh, from this conversation or samvad I had was that it's about sustainable development. It's about sustainable living. It's about sustainable tourism. Uh, there were powerful points being made on uh, water con- uh, conservation, decongestion of cities, and also the role which media has played. You know, it jumps from one disaster reporting episode to another without explaining that it has to be seen in the larger context of... Uh, climate change deforestation lack of eco-biodiversity and you know everything cannot be tied to the narrative of security because Chardam is being tied to the narrative of security whereas the whole Chardam highway actually uh, eats into the logic which environmentalists have been pushing forward that the integrity of the mountains cannot be challenged you know there were other things which I really wanted to bring in for example like pollution uh, waste management uh, water management but nonetheless this was a very very informative uh, conversation I think all three of you uh, for making time for this uh, podcast on news dine life thank you very much thank you thanks a lot thank,
3: thank you, you.